So a federal judge just outright defied the Supreme Court's decision in Bruin and instead decided to apply tier-based scrutiny in a concealed carry sensitive location case. So let's talk about this. But real quick before we jump into this video, if you agree with the Supreme Court that text, history, and tradition is the correct analysis when looking at the Second Amendment, go ahead and hit that like button and subscribe. Also, I'll give a shout out to one of the main supporters of this channel, which is USCCA. Through your membership, you get training, education, and self-defense liability protection. So if you carry a firearm, I highly recommend you take a look into USCCA and I'll put a link to them down in the detail section. So like I said in the intro, a federal judge in Minnesota just refused to follow the orders of the Supreme Court and their New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin decision. The Supreme Court in Bruin stated that the use of tier-based scrutiny is not permitted when reviewing Second Amendment cases. Instead, the Supreme Court reaffirmed that the entire analysis is text as informed by history and tradition. However, this judge in a concealed carry prohibited place case decided to act as if Bruin and that decision never even happened. He decided to dismiss this Second Amendment case using the test that the Supreme Court just said that should never be used. Now, this case arises out of a 2021 issue revolving around concealed carry in so-called sensitive places. Again, this is a hot topic right now, especially with states like New York and California trying to implement state bans on concealed carry by making most, if not all, locations a sensitive place. Again, something that the Supreme Court said states and areas could not do under Bruin, but you still have these areas trying to do it. In 2021, the State Agricultural Society, which oversees the Minnesota State Fair, promulgated Rule 1.24, which prohibited visitors from carrying firearms on the fairgrounds during those state fairs. And it didn't even matter if these individuals had a concealed carry permit. They could not carry concealed. Plaintiffs in this case are Reverend Tim Christopher and Sarah Hauptman, both of who uh, obtained tickets for a 2021 Minnesota State Fair, but both chose not to attend. And they were essentially not allowed to attend if they wanted to carry concealed at the state fair. This case was originally filed in a Minnesota state court and then it was later moved over to a federal district court. And once it moved over to the federal district court, the defendants here tried to get this case dismissed by filing a motion to dismiss. And essentially that is just an attempt to get this case thrown out by the judge. The lawsuit here alleges that the society, among other issues, violated the plaintiff's Second Amendment rights by restricting them from carrying concealed at the fairgrounds under that new rule, even though they had concealed carry permits. The plaintiffs filed a lawsuit pro se, which essentially just means that the plaintiffs filed this case against the fairgrounds, against the state without an actual attorney. This is not always a great idea. I never recommend that, but this sometimes happens. And sometimes later down the road, a attorney or an organization will actually pick up the case. Uh, for example, in the Young v. Hawaii case, originally that was a pro se case, but was later picked up. So this can happen. It's not always a great idea, but in this case, it was originally filed pro se. And this case just resulted in a motion to dismiss being granted in favor of the fairgrounds and against the plaintiffs in this case. Now, the crazy thing about this case is that the federal judge in reaching that motion to dismiss and granting it, he applied in that decision means end scrutiny and narrow tailoring, which the Supreme Court just said in Bruin is not permitted in Second Amendment cases. In reaching his decision, the judge stated, because the plaintiffs failed to show that the society violated their constitutional rights, the court will grant the society's motion to dismiss the Section 1983 claim. Rule 1.24 is alleged to violate the Second Amendment because it is the society's official policy that prevented the plaintiffs from entering the state fair while carrying firearms. But even applying strict scrutiny, Rule 1.24 passes constitutional muster, said the judge. Strict scrutiny requires the challenged law to be justified by a compelling government interest and narrowly tailored to achieve that interest. The society is charged with making rules for the protection, health, 
safety, and comfort of the public on the fairgrounds, and thus has a compelling interest in protecting the safety of its attendees. He goes on to state that during the fair, the state fairgrounds are sensitive locations with thousands of people and children present in often crowded areas. As such, protecting the fairground from gunfire is a compelling interest. Further, he states, certain limitations on the Second Amendment, such as the long-standing prohibition on the carrying of firearms in sensitive places, such as schools and government buildings, are presumptively lawful. Rule 1.24 is narrowly tailored to achieve the society's compelling interest in protecting its attendees. He also states that Rule 1.24 is geographically limited to primarily only impact recreational and entertainment spaces. Plaintiffs in the alternative uh, put forward alternatives to Rule 1.24, such as using separate gates for gun holders or setting up internal checkpoints to prevent guns from entering into certain uh, particularly high-risk places within the fairgrounds. However, the judge stated, the narrow tailing requirement does not require exhaustion of every conceivable alternative, nor does it require a dramatic sacrifice of the compelling interest of the state. He states that the plaintiff's proposals would impose a significant logistical and economic burden on the society and require it to dramatically sacrifice its compelling interests by requiring it to set up separate areas in ingress and egress onto the fairgrounds and by forcing it to permit uh, firearms holders to be in the state grounds. So he's essentially saying that he does not like that option whatsoever. As such, Rule 1.24 is not overly broad and complies with the narrow tailing requirement is what the judge says, and therefore he granted the motion in favor of the state and the state fairgrounds against the plaintiffs. So there you saw the court use a balancing of interest test to find that the state has a compelling public interest in bar and carry at the state fairgrounds and that the restriction is narrowly tailored to meet that goal. However, that test is completely invalid now and has been invalidated by the Supreme Court in Bruin. In Bruin, Justice Thomas stated, in the years since Heller and McDonald, the courts of appeals have coalesced around a two-step framework for analyzing Second Amendment challenges that combines history with means and scrutiny. Today, we decline to adopt that two-part approach. In keeping with Heller, we hold when the Second Amendment's plain text covers an individual's conduct, the Constitution presumptively protects that conduct. To justify its regulation, the government may not simply posit that the regulation promotes an important interest. Rather, the government must demonstrate that the regulation is consistent with this nation's historical tradition of firearms regulation. Only if a firearms regulation is consistent with the nation's historical tradition may a court conclude that the individual's conduct falls outside the Second Amendment's unqualified command, that unqualified command being shall not be infringed. He went on to state that Heller's methodology centered on constitutional text and history. It did not invoke any means and test such as strict or intermediate scrutiny, and it expressly rejected any interest-balancing inquiry akin to intermediate scrutiny. So in the words of the Supreme Court, whose decisions are clearly binding on all federal judges, including this judge here, the use of means and scrutiny, including strict or intermediate scrutiny, is not permitted anymore. Instead, the whole test is text as informed by history and tradition. The burden is on the government to show that there is a historical basis dating back to 1791, which supports these restrictions that they have in place. Putting forward arguments like this law is in the public's best interest or that the law is narrowly tailored to meet a compelling governmental interest is now 100% irrelevant and never should have been used in this case to reach the order by the court. 
So either this judge did not get the memo that the Supreme Court issued a landmark Second Amendment decision a couple months ago, which that's hard for me to believe because it was everywhere. I mean, it was all over the mainstream news as well. So it's unlikely that he didn't get that message or he just simply doesn't care and thought he could get away with using this type of incorrect analysis still in a case and maybe hoped that no one would recognize, especially since the plaintiffs here are pro se. This case no doubt will be appealed up to the Eighth Circuit for an appeal. If the Circuit Court in the Eighth Circuit does the right thing by any means, they would order that this court decision was not going to be upheld, that it should not be upheld because it directly violates what the Supreme Court just said in Bruin. And they used an analysis which was expressly rejected and said that could no longer ever be used in these Second Amendment cases. But again, the district court, I guess, didn't get the memo or decided just to ignore what the Supreme Court of the U.S. said. So if we get any more information, I will let you all know. If you have any questions, go ahead and comment down below and I'll try to answer the best of my ability. Also, if you like this video and like support the channel, one of the best ways to do that is to like, comment, and subscribe. All those things help to fuel the algorithm or fuel algorithm. It adds fuel to his jet and signals to YouTube that you guys see value in these videos and in this type of two-way news. Again, I want to thank everybody who likes, comments, subscribes, who hits the notification bell, who shares these videos. You guys directly impact these videos, impacting this channel, helping me to reach and educate more people than I could ever do on my own. So again, thank you so much for all of your support. And as always, thank you all for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And never forget this is with Built by Arm Scholars and this nation will be maintained by Arm Scholars.